our declaration that we have come out of the desert. Worship the King. The words will come up, but I think it will speak to your heart. Let's worship the King.
morning. Wow, what a day of declaration. Jesus Christ is Lord over His church. Well, today I'm going to do an independent message about something I hear a lot. People will call me and come in the study and they'll go, you know, Keith, how do I hear from God? I think I hear from Him. I think I used to hear from Him. Oh, I hear from Him all the time. And all varied responses that I get. So today is a very basic, foundational message to the Christ follower that's seasoned. They're a new believer. They've fallen away in their spiritual disciplines. Maybe you're even still curious and checking and seeking out Christianity. But let me tell you, Christianity is a faith that claims and that we know that God speaks to His children. He speaks to His people. That's a unique claim, and I know I've heard the voice of God. I don't, I don't hear it audibly, although sometimes I hear it so clear, it might as well be audible because it is so profound and so bold in my life. So turn to the back of your worship, God. I'm going to go through a lot of material with you, but my prayer is that this is going to help you to somehow clarify the voice of God in your life that you can hear and respond in faith and obedience to what God tells you to do. It's going to be an awesome time together. I tell you, last service, people were talking about how it spoke to their hearts. And I'm just believing that God has got something for each one of you that chose to gather and be here this morning. In Luke chapter 8, verse 8, I'm going to just hit the top of the worship guide, the last part of the verse. He says this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Have you noticed that? God gave us two ears and one mouth. But a lot of us, like me, Act like we got two mouths and one ear. And when you live like that, you get in trouble. Do I have a witness? And yet God wants to speak to us ever clearly. He who has ears to hear, unstop them. Listen. Get the wax out. Begin to hear what God says. There's four steps here at the very top of the outline about hearing the voice of God. One of the basic claims of Christianity, though, is that God speaks to His people. And there's a passage or a, a, a line in Scripture that God says over and over. And God said, and God said, and God said. And you see that over and over. And it's like God saying, I'm really saying, I spoke from the prophets of old. I'm speaking today in 2009. If I tarry, I'll speak in 2020 and 2080 and the years to come. He will speak. But see, I'm in a unique position as pastor the office that I occupy. A lot of times people think, well, you're the pastor. I bet you never have a hard time hearing from God. I bet that God gave you a special Batman phone back in your cave. I've got a cave off my study, and that's where I study, and I listen to God a lot. And a lot of people think, well, I bet you just have this special phone. I don't. And some people think, well, when you uh, got ordained, I bet they gave you a special access code and you go straight to heaven kind of through the around and, and you get to hear from God. No, I don't. I hear just like you do. And sometimes I'm going to go ahead and admit it. Sometimes I get confused, but I don't need to be confused. And we're going to talk today about how to hear God's voice in a clear way. It's like when Donna calls me, I don't go, well, of all the women I've ever known, who are you? Man, she would slap me silly. You know what I'm talking about? I know that woman's voice. I've been hearing that voice for decades now. Ever since I started calling her, date us, we graduated in 1977 from high school. They opened Eastdale Mall August of 1977. Quit laughing. I ran into her 
in the fall of 1978. And when I ran into her, I ran into her at East Elm Mall. And she made a mistake. She says, why don't you call me sometime? I've been calling her ever since. You know what I'm saying? I ain't a fool. Our picture goes up on Facebook and people go, man, time has been good to your wife. What happened to you? I go, what you talking about? God's good to me. I'm married. I outpunted my coverage. You know what I'm saying? It's a good. Don't be smirky. I'm looking at you too. I'm thinking you way outpunted your coverage too, bro. So, you know. It's a good thing. You know, you know, when you're riding around, you go in and out of a town, or sometimes we don't have a good radio signal, and there's all that static and fuzz, and it just drives you nuts. You're like, are you going to change the station now? Or you get that tuner, and you tune it in. Or you see there's radio waves running across this room, and we don't see them. There's different frequencies, and my mic's on a frequency, so it's all dialed in to where you can hear my voice clearly. But I've often thought God speaks in that small, still voice. And have we tuned in to hear the voice of God? Oh, there's a lot of noise and clamoring and all that, and it gets crazy. So the first point is this, and it's wrong as it comes up. Cultivate an open mind. Don't put time to listen. Right in there. Cultivate an open mind. Have your mind open to the Spirit. Have your mind open that you can hear as the voice of God speaks. Be eager. Be receptive to hear from God. God, I'm willing. Speak, Lord, as Samuel said, for your servant is listening. God, I want to hear you. And God sometimes shouts, but usually he whispers and he gives us impressions in our minds. But so many times we just ignore and we're busy and we run on and we go and we're goofy and we just go, God, I don't hear you. And we're closed-minded. There's three sub-points I want you to fill in. Point A. I think sometimes we don't have an open mind because we're prideful. Our pride, we just think, you know, I'm somehow I'm big enough. I can pull my own self up. I can, I can solve the problem. I don't need God. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. And that's probably why you're failing at it. You've been doing it on your own strength. And God says, I want to help you resolve the issue. The second one is it could be fear. Point B, you're just afraid of what God might say to you. God might tell you to do something. He might tell you to change a behavior, and you're just scared. So if you stay busy and you keep all these other noises coming into your life, you won't have to obey the voice of God. And if you call yourself a Christ follower, friend, you have fooled yourself, you have deceived yourself, and you're going to be miserable. So get rid of the fear. The third one is bitterness. Now, I see that all the time. I've spoken... This morning when it ends, I've spoken to hundreds of people. And a lot of people, there's some bitterness in this room and in the last service. And there's something that happened between you and God years ago, last month, last week, today. And if you let that bitterness build up in your heart, it will poison your soul and you won't hear the voice of your Heavenly Father. Abba, Papa wants to speak and you won't hear Papa because there's just this bitterness that's the overriding thing in your life and it keeps you from being able to settle in and tune in to the voice of God and I'm speaking truth to you right now church get rid of the bitterness take your bitterness and say God I've not heard from you for a long time so today I'm taking my bitterness it's become a cancer in my soul and God would you take it and he'll freely receive that he'll exchange grace for your bitterness and he can cover over you and you can begin to hear the voice of the Lord God Almighty so give the hurt to God. James one twenty one. I love this verse. It's printed right there on your outline. It says, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you, save your very life. 
Let the Word become a part of who you are. Plant it down deep that you can resonate with what God says. Point two is this. Now, allocate time to listen. Set time in your busy, hurried, crazy schedule to hear from the Lord. God wants to speak, and i got a practical thing for us. Do you put time in your schedule to hear from Him? This fast, one of the things is we've tried to be intentionally focused and praying for breakthrough and for power. But i got to tell you this, and it helped me to clarify about spending more intense, focused, disciplined time with Him to hear the voice of God. And so many of you have told me, man, you've heard it. You've heard God speak clear through this fast. But you see, we're in a hurry as Americans, and we have a, a FedEx, and we have iPhones and texting and we get all these things and technology is such a friend for us unless you were at Christ Community last week and it was a demon from the pit of hell. I hated technology last week. My computer at home blew up two weeks ago. The the, cop, uh, the, machine, the computer in the financial office, it went south uh, and CDM went down. Don't worry, we hadn't lost your financial records. And every man just stuff started going, the fax thing, the copier. It was like if somebody tells me one more piece of equipment is blowing up, we're declaring we're defeated. But we're not because greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world. You know why I think we had all kind of stuff? Because we've been in a fast. Warfare is on, baby. And let me go ahead and tell y'all something. Today, yes, I'm excited about eating, but don't think because the fast is over, the enemy's going to quit because now we're going to begin to see the breakthrough of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the attack's going to be on you like, man, don't tell me that, Pastor. It is. It's just going to be part of it. But Christ is mighty, and he covers you, and he'll sustain you. Here's what I like about going on mission trips. Every time I've gone to Mexico or some part of the world to preach the gospel and be a part of a team, and there's always getting out of the habits that we have as people here. We hear God's voice. I remember in 1996, I was seeking God like I never sought Him. And I was seeking Him for this church. And I was thinking about leaving a very successful, fruit-bearing ministry to begin a brand new work. And I was in Mexico, and as I came out of the country, God began to speak so clearly. I heard His voice. Donna heard His voice. And I'm so glad that my father spoke to me. And the reality is you that sit there this morning. I'm humbled every time I drive on this campus. Every morning that I drive, every day that I come, I'm just thrilled that people show up to love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And Molly, I just want to thank God for you, sis. I wish there'd be a hundred people like you. Molly, I, if I embarrassed you, I apologize, but I'm just grateful for you. you. You're blessing my life. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just want to brag on people, don't you? Y'all invite people. Bring them here. You know, a minute ago, I looked around. The house is packed. They put out a bunch more chairs, and the thought came to me quick. Don't choke, preacher. Now, you laugh, but you ever sit up and had an oral book report, and you thought, if I choke, I'm going to fail? Well, you see, if I choke, there's eternal souls at stake. You know what I'm saying? Here it is, James 1.19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, quick to listen. God, make us quick to hear your voice. But in our day and age, we have so much information, information overload. We used to, we had to go home and we had to watch the news to catch it. And now we can go to our iPhone, we can go to our web, we can go wherever, and we can hear news around the clock and television. And it's just amazing. So when it comes to God, we want, God, speak. Speak quick, God. I ain't got much time. See, we're like, God, I'm on my iPhone. I think we need to put our iPhones up and take up a God phone. And say, God, I'm listening. Can you see, I think God... Isn't so excited that we have all this technology that we can get each other so quickly, but he can't get our attention. 
because we're so hurried and there's so many things that occupy. I'm talking to myself. I just I feel like this thing is hard to listen. Psalm 46:10, the last part, my favorite one here. Be still, be still, friends, and know that I am God. That is so hard. Some of you in this room, you're so good at discipline yourself and, you, and you're quiet and you reserve time for the non-negotiable of meeting with Him and listening to His voice and you hear it so clearly. I just applaud you. And some of you are like me. Man, you're crazy and wound up and going and ah, you love activity. And in that activity, if you're not careful, you miss the small whisper of God. So Lord, would you slow down Christ's community as a congregation would you slow us down as a people to hear you third lord teach us to eliminate the distractions what are the distractions in your life that are keeping you from hearing the voice of god it's like we've got our phone off the hook and god's speaking and we go god put it on voicemail he's not he's just trying to speak you're like well god could you speak to me tomorrow god could you speak to me next month i'll have time what if God says, right now, I want to speak. I want to speak through the prophets. I want to speak through the scriptures. I want to speak through your pastor. I want to speak through a friend. I want to speak through your small group leader. I want to speak through life. You go, God, but I'm just too busy. Luke 8, 14. The scripture says, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. They do not grow into the likeness of Jesus. Now, I was thinking about the word Riches. Riches are good. I like it when we thrive and when we're a rich congregation. And riches aren't bad. But they can become a weed in our life because if we get connected and we get them out of priority, out of sequence, and we begin to worship there and we think, I'm so busy making money, making a living, it becomes a weed that chokes us. How about pleasures? Nothing wrong with pleasures. Don't you like pleasures? Oh, I love pleasures, man. I like for y'all to have fun. Right now, this morning, I hope my friend hears this over the web. A lot of times he'll listen. He's a worship pastor over in another state. And I called him on Friday and said, hey, bro, how you doing? He said, man, doing great. He says, I got a week off. My wife and I were going to San Juan. Turkey. And instead of him doing his job today, he's down there on the beach, man, soaking it up for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with pleasures. Man, we all ought to go off. And that's good for us. And I think it refuels us. But I got a theological question I want you to write down. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? None. They just come up all by themselves. You know what I'm saying? And weeds could be riches and pleasures and worries in this life that choke out the voice of Abba. And God says, those things have a place. But the priority would be my life, my presence. That song, hearing your presence, my voice speaks and we listen and we heed to what he says. Beware the bareness of a busy life. A busy life is full of activity, but it's not always productivity. It's not always fruit bearing. The fourth thing is cooperate with what God says. When the Father says something to you, do you quickly obey? Do you quickly do it? You say, Lord, yes, with a willing heart, I want to do what you say. And some of you are like, man, that's where I'm at. I'm at that place I will sacrifice. In James 1.22, he says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't just come here, you preacher. Don't just go to your small group. If you do, you so deceive yourselves. But do what it says. Do the actions. Do the things of Jesus. In our small group the other night, we were talking about a practical biblical teaching and then apply that quickly to your life. So how does God speak to you? How does God talk to you? 
I've asked some people that. People sent me emails. And I got a lot of funny responses and serious responses and all over the page responses. And I wish that I got more responses. So I'm just trying to build a case this morning that God is speaking to his sheep. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a small voice. It's a still voice. It's a powerful, authoritative voice. And yes, there is a time he shouts, and I'll talk about that later in this message. But I find predominantly the voice of God is the voice in the whisper. The voice of the Spirit when the Holy Spirit begins to speak and make impressions. So let's look here together. Number one, God speaks primarily through the Bible. The Bible is how God primarily speaks to man and woman today. His holy, sacred, trustworthy texts, precepts, commands, holy scripture, God speaks through His Word. And as He speaks there, I'm just saying, God, Your Word is reliable. It's absolutely true, and it has been for the ages. And some say, well, you know, God never talks to me. Here's my first question if you say that today. I'd go, do you have a consistent time with the Father every day? Do you spend time in the presence of Jesus that you read His Bible systematically? You read it that you might take in a good intake of His Word that you might know. Because i got to tell you, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. And in this thing, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, equipping in righteousness. So God's Word is essential. I've shared the Scripture from day one, and I'll continue to share the Scripture through the decades because this Scripture is so paramount to our faith. But you're saying, well, Pastor, I didn't go to seminary. I didn't do this, and I don't know the Word of God. This book is intimidating. This book can be intimidating. But you just begin to get in it. You begin to study it with other believers. You begin to sit under the Word of God. And God will begin to teach you because He is the resident teacher in the Holy Spirit. I'm only an earthly priest that comes to exalt the name of Jesus and to bring God's Word. But I know who the teacher is. And the teacher is the who? The teacher is who? The Holy Spirit. You say, who's the teacher at your church? Well, he uses this earthly vessel called our pastor. But our ultimate teacher is the Holy Spirit. And he originally he did speak, uh, the scriptures there were Greek and Hebrew, but let me just tell you this, and I love to say this, and sometimes people want to debate me, and I'm not going to debate with you about it because I just ain't got time for it, okay? I want to try to preach people into heaven. I ain't got time to squabble you about something frivolous. Uh, if you want to know how I feel about it, ask me later, okay? Get a translation of the scriptures that you can understand. I primarily have read for years and years and have memorized extensively out of the NIV. And many of you come to me and you ask me what kind of Bible and you get a new international version. And I think it's God's preferred edition. No, not necessarily. But I use it. I love the New American Standard. I love the New Living Translation. I, the ESV. I, the PTV. I, I just made that up. Uh, anyway, you, man, there's so many translations. And, and then I have people, well, you know, it's only the King James. I praise God for King James. And if you're in that persuasion, you read your King James and you love the Lord Jesus. But I do not speak in King James. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I better understand it. But here's the goal. Don't shut me out. Love God's Word. God will speak through His Holy Word. How many believe that this morning? So read it. i got people, well, I don't know, Pastor. You used the wrong translation. Well, you want me to bring Greek out here every weekend? Then we really would be a confused bunch of people, wouldn't we? we would, I mean, you're saying, well, well, then 
then I'd just start reading. Just read it. I love children's Bible. Sometimes I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? There was a time I remember when I picked up the living Bible and there's only thing I could understand. And I began to read it. And man, it was awesome. And then, and then I started reading NIV. And then you started looking at Greek. And, and then you go back. I mean, just read God's Word. You're like, man, you're serious about it. I am. John 10, 3, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and then he leads them out. That's what Jesus promises to do. Number two, God speaks through gifted teachers. He, sp he speaks through preachers and pastors and Bible teachers and small group leaders and through radio speakers at Faith Radio and different things. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And he uses the music there at the river. I mean, God will speak. You say, well, you know, he uses David Jeremiah. Amen. He uses Charles Stanley. He uses James McDonald. He uses Beth Moore. I mean, there's a variety of people. God uses teachers. I mean, have you ever left this room and felt like God spoke directly to you? Hello? That's what I try to do every weekend is speak the practical word of God that you can apply it to your life. And some of you are like, man, you were speaking to me, preacher. Yes, I was. You said, did my wife email you? Sometimes she does. No, no, no. I don't want you to be paranoid about that and think your wives are emailing me. They are not. Well, sometimes. But, but the, the bottom line is God speaks to me. And I speak the word of God and the word goes forth with power. It's a missile. And when it targets you, it has to explode in your life. Amen? It's called fruit bearing. You're like, ain't nothing exploded in my life. I know, you're dead. Wake up, old sleeper. Okay, let's go on to the next one. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. We also thank God continually because we received the word of God, which you heard from us, accepted not as the word of men, but actually as the word of God, which is at work in you as you believe. I don't come up here and go, I've been reading Reader's Digest. I'd like to share with you this morning. I've been bound at the book of Oprah, and I'm going to read Oprah's magazine. Me and Dr. Phil had a conversation this week. No! I want to see that translate. I mean, I teach the Word of God because the Word of God is eternal. The Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges between the joint and the marrow. In other words, maybe it cuts you. You ever been cut? No, don't raise your hand. I hope not. Like, what am I saying to you? A bunch of thugs for Jesus. Okay, but, but I'm just kidding. If you've been cut, we'll pray for you after the service. But God's Word wants to cut you. He speaks through teachers and pastors and, and, and Bible study people. He does this because He wants to do this. Change your life. He wants to change our lives. Thanks, God. So God, how many of you, I believe this, God prepares me every week to speak. And I believe when you miss, and I understand you're sick and you have vacations and you need to take those things, but sometimes you just miss just because you want to be a bomb. Quit that. Because there's a lot of times there's a word just here for you and you missed it. You know what I'm saying? Well, some of you believe that. Okay, anyway. But I really, 2 Corinthians 2.13, listen to this. Apostle Paul says, We do not speak in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. As we explain spiritual truths, God speaks through His Holy Word. It's like if we fasted six days a week and on the seventh day you come in for me to teach God's Word and to try to fill you up. And then you go back and you fast from God's Word for six days. And let's say then you, you went off on a thing and you were out for two weeks and you fasted, 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 fasted. And then you come in. You see, in the flesh, if you fast physically for days and then you gorge yourself, they have a term called indigestion. 
spirit, some of you have spiritual indigestion. You never intake it on a daily basis. You only try to get what you can get here on Sunday or in your small group. And I want to prescribe this morning, we must have a consistent time with God in His Word every day. And the church of God believed that and said, Amen. And you're saying, well, man, you're, you're big on this Word thing. What else I got to be big on? God's Word works. This is a little bit different message than last hour. Our drummer, he, he loves me, and he showed me his notes. Man, they were, they were just awesome. I, I was going to preach his notes this hour. They, they, were, they were better than what I said. He says, but I, he says, I take notes a second hour because he says, I've learned something about you. They're different. Well, that's just because I'm so gifted. Anyway, I can't, I can't remember. Let me, let me tell you what to humble you. Glenn Kerr, are you still in the room? Glenn, let me, let me, let me see your outline. It, the last hour. Man, it just, glory to God, this is anointed. Let's put it under, man, just right here. Look at that. Is that incredible? I'm like, I, I don't know if I said that much this year. But, but here's the deal. These are prepared for you to take note. Wow, revelation. Some of you leave them in the seat. Hello? See, here's the deal. The U.S. Air Force did a study. They said 90 to 95% of all we hear, we forget in 72 hours. That will put a pastor in a funk, a depression, quicker than anything I know. Well, you don't preach, I can tell. If you spend your whole life presenting God's Word, and, and nobody can remember more than 5%, and that's for the gifted ones, so some of you, 1%, it hurts. But we have this thing called outlines. And in these outlines, you take notes, because then you can remember what we went into. Like, uh, this is the 646th Sunday of Christ Community Church. I have no idea what I preached on 36 weeks ago or six weeks ago. But let me tell you, I have filing systems. I have notebooks. And I look and I search. And when I can't, I yell Cheryl. And we can find. So you see, sometimes you go, well, Pastor, I wanted to know about something. And if I know I've already preached on it, I go and I pull my notes. And it helps me do a quick study. I can remember the basic concepts. But I will sometimes give you this. Some of you save these. I encourage you to save these notes. And all God's people said... And I'm checking at the door, okay? You can't get out of the room till I check your notes today, okay? I'm just kidding. Don't, don't be all uptight. It's just, it, you're only going to remember 5%, but you can go back and go, God, your word speaks, Lord, you're awesome. Number three, God speaks through impressions. He puts the ideas in our, man, our mind. He plants ideas. He plants impressions. It's an awesome thing. John 14, 26 says, But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, and sometimes and he primarily uses the word, but then he brings impressions to our mind. Who gave you that great idea? The Father did. Who gave you the idea for this or that? God did. You test those. There's two extremes. They're called rationalists and they're called mystics. And the rationalist just basically has an idea that, that they claim that God, uh, or, or they just say that God, ever, he ever speaks to us or he never speaks to us in the mind. He can only speak to us through the Bible. Well, I don't agree with that. Then there's the mystic. And the mystic basically just says that every impression they get is from God. Well, I don't believe that because I hear this. Well, Pastor, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm married, but there's this really cute girl over the office. Man, she's hot. And, hello. And, and, and going, you know, and says, I think God wants me to be happy. So I must be supposed to get a divorce because I have this impression that I'm supposed to be with her. Dude, you're crazy. That is not an impression from God. God's already spoken. 
And there's all these impressions that we test. And you, some of you are saying, well, it's just the pizza I ate last night. It could be. But the bottom line is you test impressions. That's a whole message I could talk about. And, and God's word will never violate. God, as he speaks, his impressions will, from him will never violate this word. Do you believe that, church? He just can't go against his character. He's faithful. So, and the fourth one is God speaks through experiences. We're experiential. All of us have had different experiences. And through those experiences, God can speak to our life directly. Scripture is primary. But experiences are in there. Experiences are important. And God uses your experience. In Haggai, the first chapter, the fifth and seventh verse, he says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. What are the experiences that you're having? Your experiences could be something you could use in the life of another as God begins to speak into your situation. And I'm going to give you a fifth one. It's a bonus. You ready? God speaks through pain. In the last service, I had the two people, and I wish they'd have split the services up, but Jay sat there and Diane Raleigh sat here. Adam's mom began chemo treatment this past week. She will be in pain over months. Jay has just come back from major reconstructive back surgery. Pain. C.S. Lewis says God speaks in a whisper, but God's megaphone is pain. How many of you have been in pain and you feel like you heard the voice of God better than any other time in your life? Pain. You're saying, well, based on what you said, should I ask God for pain? Well, I think you'll get enough pain without asking God for pain, okay? It's like I don't pray for patience either. I didn't ask for the Holy Spirit to produce patience in my life. But I don't go, God, could you teach me patience this week? I don't think I've learned that one. All you got to do is go shopping and go drive your car, and you'll learn patience in about 10 seconds, okay? But like yesterday, I went to get the car serviced. And I got to the first place, and the guy says, I think it'll be a minimum of an hour before I even talk to you. I said, I think you just saw my dust. I'm gone, bro. I went to the next place to get something done in the car, and that guy says, I think it'd be an hour before I see you. And I thought, there's something about this hour thing going on. And I'm already on this side of town, then I'm on this side of town. I said, well, I'll go wash the car and vacuum. And I came back and I got in. You know what I'm saying? We don't like to wait, do we? But in pain, God speaks to us. So just remember, that painful situation, financial, spiritual, emotional, relational, physical pain, the Father speaks. Sometimes He shouts. So let's look at this quickly. Five questions to ask if you really want to hear from God. Get ready and write. What do the scriptures say? Well, we need clarity. And that clarity comes from a consistent time, as I've been speaking about, in the presence of the word, in the presence of Christ. And as we stay there, we go, God, your word is objective. And in your word, you speak directly to my life. I'm amazed that, uh, you know, as God speaks, ultimately is thy will be done. Have you ever been reading and got behind in personal devotions or a devotional or your systematic reading the Bible, whatever, and you got to Friday and you tried to play catch up? And on Friday, God gave you the exact answer to the situation you were in on Wednesday. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Yeah. So God's word through the prophets of long ago speak directly to today in 2009. If we'll just slow down and say, God, I want to speak to your word. In other words... We always lose when we go against the grain of God's Word. If we go against the counsel of Scripture, we lose. The second point is this. What is God impressing, that impression thing, on my heart? What is God putting my heart to do? What is the impression on my mind? 
uh, Stephen Furlick says we need to spend 50% of our time in prayer listening, 50% talking. Man, I, I think that's maturity. I'm not there. I want to learn to get there that I listen more to God than I try to tell God what I want or what I want Him to do. And this is a real practical word for the church. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, in the flesh, we want some desires that are fleshly, that are carnal, that are sinful. But we're new men and women, new boys and girls in Jesus Christ. And as we have our, listen to this, as we get our desires sanctified under His authority, then God gives us the desires of our heart because those desires match His desires. So, Father, make all the people that hear my voice today under the sanctified desires of the heart. They surrendered into them. Surrender to Him. It's like we get the word of God, but then God gives a word from God. There's a difference. The word of God and a word from God. I believe in this message God is speaking to a lot of you through illustrations, through scriptures, through situations. He's going to speak to you today. If we'll slow down and listen to the voice of God. And then I want to give you this one, the third one. What do the right they say? You know, they say, and they say this, and they do that, and I always say, who is they? Well, you have to surround yourself with the right they. Who, here's who could be the right they. The they could be your pastors. They could be your elders. They could be your small group leader or team members. They could be godly people in Jesus Christ that speak into your life, and you listen to those people. And my question is, do you have the right they in your life? Today, Dan made a beautiful case to be a part of a small group. And those people should speak life eternal into your life. And I hope that today some of you can be convinced to join a small group to fill these forms out, to consider being a part that we could have an explosion of relationships that do life together because we have the right they in our lives. The fourth, what do the circumstances reveal? What are the circumstances in your life and mine? And, and is it time? Is there a confirmation uh, does this circumstance, does this reveal that this is just a bad time to do this? Is this a bad idea? You have a mom and dad in your life, teenagers and children, and they're there for a reason. They're there to be the guardians in your life, and they speak truth and life into you, and you go, okay. So there's a process here. And God wants us, a lot of times we're like, God, I just want to hear, I just want to hear. A lot of times it's just the process that God wants you to go through, to work through, that you're being still, you're being surrendered, you're yielding to what He would want to say into your life. Um, when I think about this uh, process, you know, we go to the movie, and you see a really good movie, and you come out, and you go tell your friends, man, you got to go see that movie. It's off the chain. And they begin to tell you the plot. You go, oh, why did you do that? It's like this afternoon. Some of us are going to watch the Super Bowl. They're spiritual. And because I want to watch Kurt Warner. He loves Jesus. But what I'm rationalizing now, I just want to watch it, okay? But, but we'll watch it. And, and if you, let's say you got called away or had to go to work. You had an emergency and you missed it and you T-voted or you're going to go see a friend. And you, didn't listen, you don't read any papers. You don't look at the web. You're saving yourself from that. And then tomorrow at break, somebody walks in and goes, man, that was the most awesome Super Bowl. And they tell you the whole game. What do you do? What's the point? You've destroyed the what? The process. The process is just, God, I submit myself to you. In activity, I get after. I pursue you, God. I want your revealed will. Now, I want you to do this. We've, we've worked through this outline pretty much except for the fifth point, and I'm going to get there. 
I want us to ask ourselves to examine the will of God and to examine our hearts and see if there be any hurtful way within us and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us any sin that would prevent us, would, would hinder us from hearing the voice of God clearly. When, we're, when God is silent in your life, He is up to something. And if God has seemed distant lately and silent, maybe there's something He's trying to do. And if He's speaking and you're listening, that's awesome. If you feel like you've got wax in your ear and you don't really hear Him, begin to obey and look at Scripture. And the fifth point is this. Do I have peace? When God speaks, I believe there's a confirming, overriding peace that fills our lives. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And that's what I'm praying today, that God has spoken to our hearts and that He has revealed something to you about His character, but about His voice. Don't make this hearing from God so difficult. I don't really believe God designed it that way. I think God is speaking this morning Will you bow your heads with me? I believe right now there will be a pastor or elders over the cross. And I believe God has spoken to some people about salvation. That he's calling you to meet him. To receive Jesus Christ as payment for your sin. To receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And you could quietly get up and walk over to the right side of the room. And people will aid you in your spiritual decision for Christ. Some of you need to surrender to Christ. Maybe there's another group you need to surrender your desires afresh this morning. Because Christ has spoken to you. And as we sit there, let's just say, Father, would you give us discipline to be still before you and to hear your voice? Father, I pray that gentle whisper, that small, still voice would be bold and authoritative in our lives. And I pray we would have the courage to, yes, obey the voice of God when we hear the voice. And say, yes, and God said, and I did. And God said, and I did. Glory to the King. In the name of Jesus. Amen. As you open your eyes, I'm going to tell you a real quick thing because we're on the way out the door. We still have the baskets here. We'd love to receive information. Randy and the, uh, uh, the Gassaways would love to go through this and see how we can build a better small group ministry. I don't usually do this, but I want to because I think it's very important. Next weekend, I will be here with my family. I will not be preaching, but listen, we have a phenomenal preacher. We have supported him. He did our men's retreat last year. Matt Dean, Grace Campus Ministry, now Grace Campus Hong Kong, will be here. 